What's happening, y'all? It's me again. Welcome to the In His Voice podcast hosted by me, Rob L. Lowe, where we talk about those things that tragically impact the lives of boys and men without bashing women. We talk about everything from the bedroom to the boardroom, from the playground to the stadium, and everything in between. Today's show, something super important to me. Today's show, I have a bunch of guests that are joining where we're going to talk about my book that came out. And the title of my book is So What? Keep Going, A Story of Resilience. And before I bring the guest in, we're going to have an open dialogue about the book. But I I do want to kind of set the stage for this podcast. This podcast isn't about asking who who were they? What was their relationship with you? This podcast isn't about mentioning names or even companies' names. When I wrote the book, I gave a disclaimer in the beginning of the book that says this book was intended to protect the privacies of individuals, dead or alive, companies that I worked for in the past, and individuals that I work with. And so knowing that, I wrote the book to build people up while telling my truth, not to tear people down. And what I realized is that when you write a book and you put it out there, people are going to interpret it many different ways and they're going to look at it through their lens. And as much as that hurts sometimes, that's the price of admission if you're going to write your autobiography. And so I was hesitant about doing this, but I still need to do it because I really need to tell the motivation behind the book. What was it like for me? What was the process? Why? And what I felt in the beginning and throughout the 19 years and on the on the show today, I have some guests who have different parts um, who play diff- different parts or pivotal roles in my life. And there's a couple show couple people on the show who other people don't know who they are, but they're going to find out firsthand why they were so important. And so get ready for the discussion. Thank you for tuning in. Let's jump into it. Y'all, how y'all doing? Can y'all hear me? Yep. All right. All right. So listen, welcome to the In His Voice podcast. Y'all heard me do the intro. I hope all of you have read the book or read part of the book. I really do. There's a couple people on the call that I I really I really want to highlight. So, you know, my wife, Robin, is actually um, producing the show behind the scenes. But there are a couple people. That I wanna I wanna call out uh, so y'all know how how genuine how sincere um, this podcast is to me. So I'm looking up something real quick. Give me a second. So on the book on the call with us is a, a young lady by the name of Asia Masonette. And if y'all see her, you see her in the screen. And the reason why I, I called her out specifically because if you read the book. There's a lady who co-wrote the book with me. And I have to tell you the process for how I even met Aisha. So someone who she knew referred me to her. And Aisha is a creative writer, has a creative writing background, but never wrote an autobiography. Over the last 19 years, I had worked with five other writers. I had spent up to this point before I even met her over $12,000 trying to finish the book. And the writer that I had worked with at the beginning of the year gave me some some stuff that was late. The book was due in June on June 30th. I quit my job to finish this book, thinking I would be able to go and do motivational speaking and, and, and a bunch of other things. But it didn't happen. 
And so when I, I connected with Aisha and I told her what I wanted, here's what she told me. She's like, we're going to finish this book. I hear it in your voice, Rob. You're going to. I promise you, we will finish this book. And it took us about two weeks to um, to find our speaking voice and our rhythm. But once she found it, all she told me to do was send her audio files. And she interviewed me every day after that to the point. Here's how committed she was. She didn't do it because of me, but she did it to help me. She quit her job. To help me finish this book so I could hit a deadline. And what I told her, I said, this book is so powerful for me and it's so meaningful and it hurts so much to write um, that I, I wasn't going to call her a ghostwriter. I was going to give her writing credit for this book. So when you open up the book, you'll see it says co-written by Asia Masonette. And if anybody who you know wants to write a book and, and doesn't know how, this is a dope lady right here. Um, I'll show you all something a little later, but we just got our first um, review outside of Amazon, our first professional review. And we got five stars. And I looked to see, OK, is this something they just do? Well, at first it was a free review. I didn't pay for it. And they sent me a message and said, no, we when we we, we only post three and four stars. If it's less than that, we don't post it. We just send people the private critique. Well, they sent me my critique. They gave me five stars in every category with the exception of marketability. They gave me a four. And, and, I, and I sent it to Asia. I said, I told you, I told you, one, you are that talented. Two, the story would resonate. And when I told her about the book, I said, Asia, I'm going to tell you the raw, uncut thing. But the thing that is most important to me, I need you to make sure that I write this book in a way that I don't tear down other people. And she said, OK, I said, no, that's important. Like I, I, I need to I need to be very mindful that I don't tear down other people. And she said, I hear you. I got you. And so when she wrote it, what she heard is not what's in the book. She heard everything raw and uncut. But she wrote it in a way so that I could appreciate and the, and the people that would read the book would appreciate what came out of it. And so I have to call her out because she's an amazing talent. Uh, and and if you all don't mind me saying she's only 28 years old. And a mother of two young sons and a wife. And so to take on the challenge to write this type of book your first time out with that much trauma. When we were going through the process, I said, Asia, people won't believe this. And she said, Rob, they won't. She said, but if I wasn't writing the book, I wouldn't believe it was true. One person can't go. And, and she can attest to this. There's a bunch of stories that we didn't even put in the book. A bunch that didn't even make the book. And when I went, I said, Asia, we should put that in there. She says, no, you don't need to. You've already painted enough trauma for yourself. You've painted enough. You painted a picture of enough of your mistakes. You don't need to add anything else to the book. So, Asia, um, I just want to say thank you. Is there anything you want to say before I go and talk about the other folks uh, that are here? Yeah. So you're welcome. Uh, first and foremost, I just want to say that I definitely think that how we found each other in the process was definitely God led. It was totally random. 
Um, I wasn't looking for another project. I was actually in the process of ghostwriting someone else's story about domestic abuse, and she wanted to put a pause on it. And right after I took a break from that is when I met Mr. Lowe. And um, like he said, it took us about two weeks to find our groove, but then once we found it and I found his speaking voice, um, it was smooth sailing from there. And um, as a writer, one thing that I really wanted to do for him, um, in addition to telling his story and bringing his life you know, alive on the page, is basically presenting him in a way where people, they may not agree with his decisions you know, throughout the book, but at the end, I really wanted people to understand him as a person and understand that, you know, he went through all of these trials and tribulations, but he continued to persevere. He continued to have triumph and the title, so what keep going, a story of resilience embodies the entire story. And so um, I'm very happy about the success of the book. I'm not surprised. I knew it was going to do well. I know it's going to continue to do well. And um, I'm just glad to be a part of it now. Well, we have um, we have a book signing coming up in Indianapolis in December. We have a radio promo coming up uh, November the 30th. We're going to do a radio promo, me and Asia. And I, I told her, I said, look, you took a chance on me. And I promise you, I will let people know you helped me write this book. I'm not going to push you in the background like I'm here because she helped me. And so thank you. And and, and then everyone on the phone, like from from y'all can't see Aisha Aisha is my it's, it's, it's my press release person man my marketing she's doing my event planning so when I do my book tour she's going to do it she used to work for me Chanel was a childhood friend of ours uh, in, in Kansas City and, and really when I didn't have a job and when I got fired at, 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 at the financial services man her husband was the person I called crying and so they can tell these stories are true and Aretha, Aretha in the corner, y'all, was there's a story that that, you know, after I split with the person that I'm going to talk about in a second, I went to Indiana State, y'all, and I, I was hurting. I was homeless and I was hurting. And we were friends since undergrad. And when I was there, she spent time with me and she would literally cook meals for me and ask me if I had enough to eat. And she didn't even know I was there because I'm homeless. Um. Andrew, who just joined the call, my best friend from Kansas City, he knows some of these stories. He was there when I got fired. And, and I got fired on a Friday before I moved into my house on a Monday. And I remember him, you know, we talking and he was like, um, man, you're going to be OK. What didn't make the book, y'all, was the, the company that, that we got our mortgage through changed the, the, the terms of the loan at closing. Literally created some predatory and I had no choice but to sign the loan because all of my stuff was in the truck. Fortunately, he worked for HUD and because of his knowledge, he helped me go and change and, and, and work out with HUD and, and, and file a complaint where they made the mortgage company let me out of the loan because they tried to jack the interest rate from from like six percent to 14 percent. Because I had filed bankruptcy the year before. So if you read the book, I'm going to connect some dots for you on things that that should be connected. And then there's someone on this book on this thing right now um, who, who I, I just I just have to call out is Sherelle. So if you all read the book, there's a story in there about a girl named Sherelle, a girl who 
when when I was ready to commit suicide and I backed into a snow mound, she came down the street and banged on the door and told me to get out. When I when I went to my cousin's house that night and I slept on that floor, she came and laid with me. When I didn't have any place to stay, she she knew I slept on my sister's couch in between sleeping on my cousin's floor. And I and I talked to her the other day and I was like, Sherelle, oh, and, and we talked about she remembers the night where I was afraid for my life where the guy was beating on the door and threatened to kill me. She's like, we talked about that. You told me the next day. And I said, it's amazing because you know these stories. And from the outside, people who don't know the stories would be like, he's making it up. But she's right there on this camera and she can attest to every story. Andrew can attest to the story. I got fired on a Friday before I had to move into my house on a Monday. Chanel can attest to the story. I worked for a financial services company where I got fired for something I didn't do. And they walked me out, called me and fired me over the phone. Dana, who did the book cover, y'all, interviewed me for a year doing the audio files. And I started this process 19 years ago. And it hurt. It literally hurt to to to, to bear your shame, your, your your most humiliating moments, the things that I did when I was a child, the things that people said to me, the hurt, the failures I had in corporate America. It hurt. But I'm here now. And so now I gave you all the backdrop. I really want to have a discussion openly and you won't hurt my feelings. But again, I'm not here to bash people who can't defend themselves. But what did you take away from the book? For those that for those of you that knew me growing through these stories, what was your takeaway from the book? How did you feel when you read it? Anybody? Don't hurt yourself. Y'all on mute. So may I uh Absolutely. Yeah. And not only view it themselves, but possibly view some of themselves within the story um, was congratulatory. Uh, many of us get through something and um, we just exhale what I saw this, what I saw the book as as an inhale because you were taking your next breath to go to your next step. Wow. So, you, you, you know, man. Andrew, y'all, here's some more that's not in the book. When I was at my deepest moments, when Robin was washing dishes in that school, I talk about it. When she would go to work, Andrew would come to my house and would sit with me. And I would have tears in my eyes and he would encourage me. And he created this thing called Dinner and Dialogue in Kansas City, where it gave a chance for men, grown men, to actually have a panel discussion in front of women and share our hurt. Now, this happened in the midst of me going through all that I was going through. 
And I remember getting on that panel and I was like, I needed that panel more than anything because I needed an avenue to talk about this pain without saying it was me. So, brother, thank you. And that's been um, 20 years now. 20 years. Thank you. Anybody else have a perspective on the book? You know, now that you read it and now that you know me. Sure, I know you want to talk because I'm, I'm waiting for yours. I've been waiting 20, 20, 30 years for this one. 30 years. And, and, and Sherelle, you, 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 you can share what you said about how disappointed you were with me. Like, you can share that. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, when we talked, I was just saying how uh, your experience with me was very, very different than my experience with you. It was night and day. So um, it was a difficult time for me in that relationship. It was, it was very challenging. It was hard. Um, it was, um, and it, I think it, looking back on it, um, as I was reading the book and thinking about our conversation, and I was like, wow, you know, what was going on? And I think it tapped into some of my own childhood trauma. And so um, the way I, um, left that space was uh, it, 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 it left me in a, in a broken space uh, a space where I didn't even want to uh, remember that time in my life and so when you did apologize to me I remember uh, we ran into each other and I just wasn't even in a space to receive it at that time so, uh, but it made me think and reflect just our conversation on where, where I was um, emotionally and what was going on even in my life that you probably weren't even aware of because you were more vocal where I, I am not. And so I told you, you know, just even for you to write this book took a lot of courage. And so for me, you know, I'm, I'm not that type of person, um, you know, like my friend Dana was like, you don't even tell me about it. <laughs> no, for a reason. Right. <laughs> but, uh, you know, just being in a much better space. But, you know, what I heard, um, you said something. You said that this book was helpful for you because it allowed you to, in writing it and getting it all out, you were able to, to let it go. Mm -hmm. So you were, you, it released you from hiding behind it anymore. And how, how often, how many times and for how long do we hide behind our own stuff? We don't want to speak about it. We don't want to talk about it. Um, and sometimes talking about it and getting it out does, you know, help other people. Um, I was listening to, uh, a woman on the radio, and she said this just this week. I was like, wow. Because uh, our pastor was talking about your next uh, will be better. Whatever mm. this is will be better than what has been. And she said, you may not have been responsible for your uh, pain, but you are responsible for your healing. And so um, owning, uh, and I was like, dang, how long have I allowed myself to 
to, to place my healing on other people. That even though they, uh, we talked about that when we were talking about how I, the way I got back at people is I didn't let it go. Mm. And the only person that was hurting was me. And I laid all my pain on them and left it there and let them be responsible and never taking ownership for my own healing. So, um, you know, today I'm in a much, much different space. But that was just, you know, as I've been reading this book and, and talking to God and in my own devotional private time, some of those things were resonating with me like, dang, how long was I in that space? And how long does it take? But it, it doesn't matter. We here now, right? We here now. You know, I, I'll say it publicly. Um, man, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for opening up that door. Thank you for laying on that floor. Thank you for at least giving me the opportunity to come and apologize. Um, everything happens for a reason because all those things had to happen for me to get to this place. But you truly were a blessing, and I want you to know that. So thank you. Um, I'm going to come to you, Lonnie, because i got to save you for last, bro. Um, Dana. Yes, sir. Hello, Mr. Lowe. How are you this evening? I, I'm good. You're, you're the newbie to my life. And so without knowing any of the history, man, how did the book impact you? Well, well let me say this first. Um, I had an opportunity to meet Mr. Lowe at a diversity conference, and he was a guest speaker. And he did a great job. He stood up initially and said, you know, he talked about his book. And I sat at the table was like, oh, I'm not getting another book. I'm just not doing it. But then after he, you know, continued to present, I'm like, oh, my gosh, you know what? I might have to get this book. And about the time he was done, I was like, oh, no, I need to get the book. I went up to the table. I'm like, you know what? I'm flying out to Baltimore. I need a book to read. I need the book. He's like, it's not for sale. I don't care. I need to read this book. So, <laughs> so I'm grateful that I was able to get the book read it in two days and um i described it as an emotional roller coaster because um it was just a lot of trauma in there unfortunately that i was able to relate to and i was so proud of mr Lowe for being able to express it i'm like gosh i'm like Ooh, i don't think i want to tell all my stuff like you know the lord knows <laughs> but um yeah i was really proud of his confidence and his clarity and um and so it encouraged me to well, let me stop for a minute. So I'm from Gary, and so just to see a name in there that I was familiar with, hello, so I'm from Gary, and then um, when he said he went to I State, I'm like, oh, my goodness. I'm like, oh, I hope I didn't. You know, I started getting nervous. I'm like, because I went to IU, Sherelle and I, and Aretha's my sorority sister. I used to go to I State all the time. But, um, but, but nevertheless, it was just, I felt like I, I knew him because he talked about some people in the book that I knew of, Mr. Ezell, but... You know what, I think the biggest um, takeaway for me is, you know, years ago, Sherelle and I used to work in team ministry at Eastern Star Church. And, and we actually started team ministry, and we made a huge difference. And I bumped into a young lady, um, hadn't seen in 20, 25 years, and she talked about how Sherelle and I really impacted her life. And I actually really kind of forgot about her. She was at my son's house, and his wife is a speech pathologist, so she was over there getting service for her son, and 
she just spoke so highly of Sherelle and I. And it just, after reading the book, I'm like, you know what? And it's been on my heart anyway, but I need to go ahead and move forward. I, I believe I need to go back and start working with you mm. because um, it's, you know, adults, we, we make a difference in in young people's lives. You know, Mr. Lowe, you talked about how someone told you to go to I-State. You know, you just went to I-State and then just, you know, look what happened. So I want to be able to pour into somebody's life. So um, that that was the biggest takeaway. And another takeaway for me is I have to step up. I'm a senior HR business partner for FedEx. I need to step up my HR game because Mr. Lowe was getting VP jobs. He was getting them, getting fired, getting another, getting another. I'm like, you know what? How is he getting all these jobs? So that was encouraging to me. So, yeah, so I'm really proud of you. I appreciate you um, just sharing your story. I appreciate you looking out for my girl. Because I stopped me and I'm like, wait a minute. I sent out a group text, Sherelle, do you know this guy? Because I think this is you. <laughs> He's talking about. And, you know, she was like, yeah. And I'm like, you never told us about him. You know, we, we, we share our stories, what's going on in our lives. And Sherelle never mentioned it. But, um, I mean, I'm, I'm just encouraged. So I'm encouraged not to give up. And if there's anything, and I can speak with Sherelle, too, if there's anything that we can do for you, we'll be glad to come alongside and help, you know, get the word out and Man. whatever you need us to do, because you have truly been a blessing to us. So, you know, thank you so much. Man, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Jelani, I saw you raise your hand. So you got to take your phone off mute. No, no, no. I was, I was saying, I was just saying hi, everybody. Oh. I see my big cousin Keith up there, too, doing it. It, it, it's it no, no, no. That's a friend of mine named Andrew from Kansas City. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. How's everybody doing? Though? I'm just tuning in. All right, I'm gonna come back to you. I'm gonna come. So, so in my book, y'all, y'all, y'all read about a cousin named Jelani who let me sleep on this couch. Who, who, like, was my 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 best friend, my little brother, man. Like, that's him. So, uh. Aisha, Chanel, and then and and then I said Dana. Now I'm gonna say Dainey because she knows who that is, right? I have to call her by her nickname. Dainey, for you, for you to go through this journey with me, man, what what's it like for you now? Yeah, she's on mute. And there's a story that didn't. There's a story that didn't make the book. I got sick in grad school, overdosed on some stuff, not overdosed like drug, but I mixed too many medicines. And Dani and her sister Crystal are like my little sisters. I went to their room and I broke out in highs and I literally just dropped my pants and held my arm out. I had, <laughs> I had highs all over my body. And she said, what the hell did you do? What did you take? And I, I took NyQuil. I took Benadryl. I took Robitussin. Man, they took me to the clinic and they gave me a shot, man. They had to walk me to my dorm so I could go to sleep. But that gives you an idea. I've been knowing it since I was since I was 16 and she was 14. So. I absolutely knew you. Okay, Danny, what's your what's your take now? Like the book, and and you saw it before it got published, right? You 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 read it for me. I'm glad it's finally done because you know people talk about doing books all the time, and then they never finish them ever. 
But I mean, just the fact, I mean, between losing your mom when you were a child, I mean, the story with your dad, because for the longest, I just thought you didn't really know him. But then when you told me, like during the book process, you said, no, I see him all the time. I say, hi, Bobby. And I think, oh, wow, okay. So you still saw him around the way, but the relationship just wasn't there. And it seems like that would make it even more painful. You just have to look at this man that gave you life, you know? Yeah. And you have his name on top of everything else. So I can understand, you know, when you talk about how you feel about being in Indianapolis, I get it. I really do get it. Uh, I'm definitely proud of you. Most definitely. I mean, for more reasons than just that. I mean, you've accomplished a lot. The one thing you always said is that if you really want to be successful, you have to leave. You have to get away. That has not been the easiest for me because of my family dynamic and family business and so many other things. But at 40 something, well, okay, I'm 50 now, 51. 51, I get it now. But it's one of those things where because you were here and your grandparents were here, my grandparents died when I was 9 and 11. My mom's grandparents, well, her mom and my grandfather, they lived in Pennsylvania. So we used to travel to get to them. So I never wanted to have to figure out in time and space how am I going to get to somebody if they're sick. So I've always stayed kind of close. One day I said, I could always travel. And that's what I ended up doing. That was my solution. So I used to have arguments with you that you didn't know about. <laughs> <laughs> and that was one of them. But I'm definitely proud of you, Junior. I'm glad you got it done. Man, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for... I gave her a, so she did my logo for my company, for my podcast. She did the cover design for the book, the front and the back. And I gave her a vision of what I wanted. And um, she's done a lot of books, but I tell her all the time, this is the dopest cover she's ever done. I don't care what the rest of them say. I truly believe that. Uh, Miss Beeman, anything you want to share? Because, man, you've seen me in the last two years in that role and this journey of trying to finish this book and. Even what we talked about this week, the hurt that I that I felt, and I just won't share it on here, but the things that were said, it hurt me, man. Any thoughts? And if not, that's okay. You know, uh, Rob, I know you from a business level from, you know, Republic, and I'm just proud of you, like everyone has said on the, that you completed it. You know, a lot of people have, you know, this, this baby of birthing a book or something that the Lord gives them to do. And we want to be purpose driven, but you know, because life happens and you know, we have a lot of things going on within our life, we don't finish it. But I'm just proud of you that you um, completed the book. I know you had said before, I just, I just want to finish it. So I'm glad you gave birth to it because like I've told you before, this book is bigger than you. And as I hear these people talk, and how they're proud of you. It's going to help so many people. So many people heal. And it's beyond physical. It's about generational stuff. It's about spiritual stuff. You know, trauma. So I'm just happy that one person can be blessed. If one person can be healed, then it's all worth it. So big ups to you and continue to do the work. Thank you. Thank you. Chanel, anything you want to add? Don't. No pressure, though. Hi, everybody. I'm here um, just to say congratulations on behalf of um, myself and Larry. He couldn't join, but I wanted to join um, just to say congratulations again um, that you are a walking testimony 
Um, you are inspiring. You give people hope. Um, you touched so many lives. You touched our lives. You came in our lives at the right time. Um, you and your wife, um, in all these years, no matter how long we haven't talked or anything, no matter what, you guys can count on us. We can count on you, and I, I appreciate that. And I, I'm, congrats, I'm like I said, congratulations again on writing this book because it is powerful and it's given me hope and um, just to keep pushing. And that, I believe that's what you're here for is to continue to give people push and then just do what you do, you know, every single day. And that's helping. And that's, I believe that's your calling. Thank you. Thank you. That's my little sister right there, man. Thank you. Thank you. Robin smiling too. Um, Jelani. Uh, I, I saw Lynn join. So that's my sister, but I'm going to come to her. But this dude right here, if y'all re read the book, so y'all know the story about me getting dropped off in college on the steps. Y'all know the story about me sleeping on his couch. And he would have let me. And he would have let he would have let me stay every day, but I didn't tell him how it made me feel. And so I would spend time between his house, Robin's apartment, and I would sleep in the rest stop on I-70. In my car. Um, and so, Cuzzo, what's your take on the book, man? Like, how 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 did it impact you? He stole my girlfriend. He stole my girlfriend. This is in 1997 at the time.
congratulate the dude. Because he deserves it. And I tell anybody, anybody who got something to say, they'll never talk bad about him around me because I'm going to tell the truth. A lot of them don't know the truth, but a lot of people dislike you when you're successful and they see you came from the same place they did or on the same level, but you did something greater. You know, but I'm proud of you, cousin. I really am. I love you. Tell your wife, your kid, I said hello, but you keep on grinding, keep on working. Ain't nobody been able to stop you yet. I don't think they will be able to ever. Because I appreciate you. You you know the bond is real, even now, man. And and even, even, even the encouragement you gave me yesterday and today, bro, like, They'll never understand why we had a bond that we do, but you do. A- Andrew, you raised your hand, and then I'm going to go to my sister. Andrew, you raised your hand. I, I, I can wait. I, I have a comment, but I'll, I'll wait. No, nah, man, like, share, share it, because me and my sister are about to have a dialogue. So, Rob, um, dinner dialogue moment. Yeah. What took you so long to take the mask off? And when I say that, yeah. For persons like myself, you know, we use that I statement. When I'm around someone like Sherelle, I'll just take my glove off. When I'm around Robert, I'll take my shoes off. When I'm around Dana, you know, I'll take my coat off. I'm taking certain things off for certain moments, thinking that I'm revealing what's necessary for them to nurture, help, or whatever. What took you so long to take the mask off? Embarrassed, man embarrassed embarrassed thinking that if people only knew they would view me differently and they would say what's wrong with him why did he keep making those mistakes why did he keep like something's wrong with him in in the book I tell the story about the white girl, the white lady, and I looked down and I said, don't do not do it. Don't say nothing to her. And I let my ego get the best of me and I went and had the conversation anyway and I knew it was going to turn bad. You know, the, the instances when I was a kid of things that I did, I literally thought something is wrong with me. Why would I do those things? What's not in the book, maybe it is. I walked into my first therapy session, Andrew, at 41, 42. And I walked in as a white therapist. And I looked at him and I said, man, I don't know how this is supposed to go. But I'm tired of being angry. I'm tired of failing. I can't, I can't get past this bitterness that I have. And I was angry at that point. And I said, man, people, people, they say all these things about me. And he said, but listen, man. First of all, we'll start wherever you want to start. And two, your bullshit is your bullshit. And they not walk, they haven't walked in your shoes. He used those exact words. He said, so it don't matter. They ain't walked in your shoes. And I just started crying. I told you I cried before I got on this session. And I was listening to Smokey Norfolk and Marvin Sapp because I was like, man, this day is finally here. Like, I'm literally sharing this stuff publicly with people now. It still hurts. But go ahead. You know, one of the uh, one of the things that I'm, I'm hoping the reason for that question is, she both mentioned something that uh, was very poignant. She said, 
at the time she was going through something. Yeah. And that was the reason for that for that question. What I would like to share to all of the female listeners, and forgive me for saying something if it's been redundant or you already know this, but uh, a lot of us men uh, are afraid of revealing ourselves because if you saw us, then you may not love us. Woo. We want. Not only do we want to give love, but we want to love. Yeah. And saw the type of love that we were displaying or, 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 or claiming, uh, you wouldn't accept it. And we'd be alone. And that's what God said. That's the worst place in the world. When he saw a man was, was alone, that was the only thing he said was bad. And that is truly bad. And it manifests in us the thought of being alone. So give for not wanting to be alone. And, um, yeah the things that we do but we know not what we do so. Sher- Sherelle I'm good to you sis Sherelle you just 10 seconds I, I, I forgot I said it to you and I, as I'm listening to you I'm like man this is such a different person than back you are such a different person and that's a good thing this is what a testament to um, your journey and the power, you know, of God that he had in your life, that it affected your life, that you would, you know, take matters into your hand and say, you know what, I I need some help and I can I can get it and and I can be okay. And you are always okay, you know. You are always okay. But you are just I'm like as I'm listening to you talk, I'm like, you sound like just such a very different person and it makes me happy i'm so happy for you thank you sis sis this week i got calls from people i won't mention names you know i heard what he says a lie the stuff he's saying ain't true he said this in the book and i said has anybody read the book no one read the book and 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 i had to tell myself it's another example where you got to say, so what, and keep going. But you've been with me my whole life. Every time I lost my job, every time I got accused, I called you. When I asked you to pray over the cup because I had smoked weed the night before. When I when I was thinking about not getting the ring for Robin, you was like, no, uh-uh, I heard you pray God. Ask God, you're gonna get that ring. What what did you get when you read the book? Well, I haven't read all the books, and I have to read it to be honestly in increments. Because of the fact that was, you know, your childhood life and from where you were to where we are today, um, and the fact that I've been there with you. So for me, it, it um um <clears throat> And I read a few things that that you had in there that even dealt with with my life. Mm -hmm. But when I got from reading the book, I'm glad you wrote the book. um, Because it took courage to do that. It took courage to um, let the world know that through it all, right? Through it all, you've learned to trust in God. And that book is evidence to show... um, where God is, where he brought you from to where he brought you to. Because he knew your life when you were in the belly or in the womb 
of our mother. He already knew. Oh, excuse me. He already knew the challenges and the things that you were going to have to endure. That you were going to have to endure. And there was a lot of things. There were some things that I read that I, I really, I had really no idea that those things happened. Yeah. I don't know if it was because maybe God was um, um, protecting me from some things of not knowing. I don't know. You know, uh, I don't know if I just like to but I am very, very proud of you as my brother and what you have accomplished in life. And you did not allow people, you could have, but you didn't allow for people. Let me park a minute because I'm driving. Step first. Um, you did not allow people. You did not allow, allow adversities. You didn't allow that to stop you. And uh, looking back at your career, um, you use grandma and mama as your motivator. As your motivator. Yeah. So, um, and I think what you're focusing there is what also helped you out. Yep bring you to where you are today. But it's to God be the glory. You know, prayer. It's time and prayer. Yeah. God is a God. He said he'll never leave us nor forsake us. And you cast all your cares on him, all your burdens, everything you're going through, you cast it on him. And you've done that. So you went through some tests and some trials to look where you are today. And I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. Listen, I, I got to tell y'all, my, my sister, y'all y'all hear like she uh, truly has a strong love for God. Whenever I hit a valley, I will call her and ask her specifically to pray for me. But I'll tell you, y'all, my sister lost 75 pounds this year alone in the last five months. When I'm talking about when you put your mind to something. Beautiful, man, I'm happy for you. You look good. I know you feel good. You look white. You look white, <laughs> but you look good, <laughs> right? That's all right. I, I, I know. I love you, sis. Thank you. Look, some someone just just joined. Uh, Demetria, I, I work with D at one of the companies in the book. And D, I don't know if you know the story or not. You don't have to talk about it. But if you had a chance to read the book. You're on mute. If you had a chance to read the book, what was your takeaway? What was your takeaway from the book? Hey, well, I haven't read the book yet, Bob, but I've okay. got to get it. It's been super, super crazy busy, but I did, I did just want to also say that I'm so super, super proud of you. Just, you know, I, I, I saw that you were destined for greatness when I worked with you at C CSI, so... I haven't read the book yet, but I promise you I'm going to get it, and I'm going to read it. <laughs> well, 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 thank you, and I, I hope it blesses you. I, I hope, okay, so here's a story with D, y'all. Um, I don't know if I put it in the book. About three months after working with her, she walked down to my office. She said, now, D, I'm going to say this, and you didn't realize it. She said, you got these people food. I said, what you talking about? She was like, you ain't nothing but Tupac in a suit. <laughs> you remember that? She said, you ain't nothing but Tupac in a suit. Now, remember, this was in 2004. That's how much I remember. She's like, you got these people food. You ain't nothing but Tupac in a suit. 
And I and I was looking, and, and, but at the time, y'all, I was actually embarrassed because I tried not to be him. Like I was trying to suppress that that ghetto kid from Indianapolis, man. Like I was trying to be something that wasn't natural for me. And she walked in my office and closed the door. And when she told me, it actually hurt. I never told her it hurt, but it hurt. Because it's not in the book. There's another story in my life where I got to the point after I left. Uh, it's in the book. After I left the conversation with my boss who said I was arrogant, I said I got tired of being what other people want me to be. I was so tired because I had been labeled so many times of what people thought I was. But when she told me I'm Tupac in the suit, I said from this point on, that's what I am. And after that one... Vice president said what he said. My whole demeanor changed. I was like, man, I'm a, I'm a, y'all gonna call me whatever you want, but I'm gonna be him now. And and even the way that I manage today, like I, I don't bite my tongue when I walk in a room. I don't, I don't cower. I don't, I don't let my chest sink in. I am who I am, and I got an edge to me. But now you read my book, you know why I have one. So D, once you read it, I love to get your thoughts. Tell everybody there they need to go get this book. Tell them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, I saw you. Yeah. Uh, Judy. Is, yeah. is that your nickname? Yeah, Junie? it is. Yeah, I saw Junie. <laughs> you I, know it was, it so was crazy. I just called out who I saw, but, you know, like I said, it wasn't meant in a, in a negative, you know, connotation in any shape, form, or fashion. I know. It was just me being real with you. And, and, that, you, and you know what? That bonded us. It did. You know what I'm saying? It we did. We've been friends, and, and we kept in contact with each other since then. Yeah. You know? You 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 know I I'm grateful because I promise you, other people might have been thinking it, but no one had the courage to say it. And then once you put it out there, and I had to have some other experiences, I decided I'm gonna walk in my truth. And so, you know, I literally walked in my truth. Right. Um. That same year, I had a I had a diamond Aquamaster watch. This is before she said it. And I went to a meeting in India in Crawfordville, Indiana, and a and a and a controller, a white guy, said, "Is that a diamond watch you got on?" I said, "Yeah." He said, "We pay you that much money. That's what you wear to work." It hurt my feelings. I left Crawfordville, went went to Indianapolis, took the watch off, and gave it to Jelani, because I was embarrassed to watch, to wear it. I was that hurt that that how that's how he. But but that's because I didn't have enough confidence in myself to say, damn, and I paid for that watch. I wear what I want to wear. So I wish somebody would say something about me wearing diamonds to work now. So, Andrew, what's up? So, real quick, and I'm not trying to flash you. Here's my grandkids. Ah, uh, dude, your grand... Hold on, man. How old is your daughter? Uh, 29. 29. So... Body. 
because of the trauma that we have not addressed starting at this age. Because a lot of us give props to Big Mama and when, when, when Big Mama was around and, and we love our mama deeply, but we cannot talk about the things that dad helped us through, including that confidence that Rob just talked about. If we don't have that confidence, the mask goes on. Yeah. Well, listen, y'all, it's uh, it's say, but, it, but it doesn't die. Yeah. But, you know, that trauma buried alive <sighs> does not die. I, I felt it this week, y'all. I'm telling y'all, I, I won't go into the details, but when I promised you I had to get on my knees and pray before I did this video, I spent probably 30, 40 minutes in prayer on my knees just so I could. Be prepared for this call. Whatever's going to come out of it. And uh, and those who needed to be on the call got on the call. Those that didn't, didn't. And so I just want to thank y'all. I really hope the book blesses y'all. Aisha Masonette, um, you come into this book signing because people need to know how talented you are. And um, I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful. I know that process was not easy, but I hope you know, not just the reviews that you see, but the people who have read the book, you're hearing it now. You know, you're a talented writer. There is no doubt. And so thank you. Um, you put together the story of my life that will bless people long after I'm gone. And there will be people that will. If any of you write your own book, there will always be people who look at it through their lens, who, who don't like it, who say this and say that. And I have to keep telling myself, why did I write the book? That's what Robin told me before I started this call. Remember why you wrote the book? What was your motivation? And she's right. And so if it heals one person, then the book did what it's supposed to do. So any any parting comments before we get out of here? December 3rd. Book signing in Indianapolis at Havito's. I'll put it out there. Make sure y'all tell people. Oh, hey, Andrew, we need to talk about me coming to do a book signing in Kansas City. Because um, that's one of the cities that's on my tour. Uh, Kansas City, Memphis, Orlando, Indianapolis, and perhaps Dallas. So when we get closer to Kansas City, I'm going to have um, Aisha work with you. Because she's going to plan all these things for me in the different cities, man. Just give her feedback of where you think we could have it, things like that. But, man, brother, I appreciate you. I appreciate all of y'all. Any, any parting words? No? Um, Rochelle, I mean, Rochelle, Sherelle, thank you. Thank you again. I mean, I'm telling you, God bless you. Thank you. Um, my wife is sitting right here, y'all. And... That tells you to, to, to be able to, to, to say thank you to someone that you hurt. Um, thank you. Right. Truly a gift. So, listen, I'm going to do my outro and then we're going to be out of here. All right. You switch it. So, listen, I hope you all enjoyed the podcast. It was a meaningful discussion. I want to thank all of my guests who joined uh, at some point through the call. And I pray that the book not only inspires, but helps to heal. Please share it with your friend. Subscribe to the channel. And I'll see you next time on In His Voice podcast. I'll talk to you later. See you.
Thank you all, man. <laughs>